Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Robert Snyder. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this, oh, I like that. This is our favorite thing. Favorite thing. How are you, Kevin? I'm delicious. What? I saw pizza on your uh, thing right there, and I just thought delicious sounded like a good word to do. I like that. I have to tell everybody, Kevin, I'm so proud of Kevin. I only communicate in Bitmojis. Yeah, I actually had to download the Bitmoji uh, app and learn to do it so that I could communicate with Rob more effectively. And now all we do is send Bitmojis to each other. <laughs> and I was really proud of myself because I thought my Bitmoji like totally like looked like me. I'm like, this is the best Bitmoji ever. Then I saw Kevin's. Kevin's is scarily no. Accurate. It's just because it has a, a, a green flannel shirt, which I actually own. But the, but the face and the hairstyle are exactly the Fat same. Fat nose. No, what? <laughs> you have such a low opinion of yourself. <laughs> My God. I know people who think you're gorgeous and have such a crush uh, on you. Oh, they're drunk. They're good. <laughs> well, listen, I didn't mention that part of it. <laughs> Let them be happy, okay? Okay. Let them be happy. No, I actually enjoy the, I, I was reluctant to do it, and now actually I really enjoy the Bitmoji. <laughs> you sent me one, which I'm obsessed with. Maybe we'll post this one. It's you doing the Saturday Night Fever pose behind a disco ball. <laughs> it's kind of impressive, and it's kind of great. Have you seen any theater lately? Uh, No. No, I haven't. Uh, Post Tony Awards, because I, I, I went on such a mad rush to see as much as I could uh, of last season mm-hmm. that I haven't even begun to get into this season. Yeah. So I want to see 1984. I want to see Marvin's Room. Yeah. I want to get going. But uh, no, I must confess that uh, I, I have watched stuff on television. And thanks to you, I have to bring up. Uh, it's funny how I will listen to our podcast, our, our favorite things. And I think, Oh, I want to watch mad woman of central park West. So I put it on, I woke up early morning at five o'clock and I couldn't sleep. And so I put it on, fell right back asleep, but uh, no, it was, it's fascinating. You guys, it's on YouTube. I mean, go back and listen to Rob's episode of the, of the mad woman of central park West. Starring Maybe it's Phyllis my Newman. name. Maybe it's my face. There's some weird. Maybe John it's John Can- Fred Cantor and Ebb wrote that cheerleader song. Give me what an is H, going give me an on? R, give I me love a B, the- Give me an L. Give me an O. Give me a C. It. Give me a K. H and R block. <laughs> I also enjoy the mobile um, commercials. Uh, yes. 
I like so James weird. Earl Jones narrating it. A very skinny James Earl Jones. Very, very ske- yeah. sexy James Earl Jones. Yeah, no, it's... Phyllis it's, Newman <laughs> <laughs> will be so, singing from the Mad Woman right? of Central Park West. It's very serious. I will be taking a nap. <laughs> well, and did. No, I, no it, it's fun. It's interesting. But it, she it's puts a, over a number so brilliantly. It, she really does. The cameras go so close to her face. I mean, like they zoom they, in, yeah, and you're tight. getting... It's good. It's fun. It, and it's a great way to see what theater was like for a woman in the night, late seventies. You know. Yeah, and you know we or man, it doesn't matter. You, we mentioned this before we went on the air, and I think we had talked about. I don't know if I had mentioned this in the last uh, episode when we actually talked about the Mad Woman of Central Park West, which is one of the things that the critics singled out, and you mentioned was she does a medley of songs. Okay, totally, and 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 it's. I enjoy the feminist vibe of it. You know, where she's like, look at all these songs that these men wrote yeah. for women. You know, I enjoy being a girl or, you know, um, there was, I mean, they must've had 15 and I would have loved to have known the music arranger. I don't know if it was John Clifton, who was the music supervisor of that. I would love to know the backstory of that because this show, as, as you talked about on the podcast and we don't need to recapitulate, but it's all different composers, all different songwriters. Yeah. It's not just one person wrote all of the songs, but I'm curious what the process was of putting that sequence together. Cause it's really well done. Absolutely. Oh, I think, it's 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 so well and done funny and really funny and yeah. she does it well that's the main reason i th- if you hadn't listened to this uh, the mad woman of central park episode uh the reason that i recommended it was like i said it's it's to me i don't think the book is the strongest um but i think the way she puts over a number is absolutely brilliant and she is able to physicalize every single note every single measure every single chord because we we were talking that there are a lot of performers who when the the music is is playing and there's no lyrics they sort of check out right she uses every single beat possible. She does, um, and all. Yeah, it was. It's it's pretty incredible. But you watched it. Thanks for watching. I did. Yeah, and I watched. Welcome to Whoop Whoop. Uh, you did not. I did. Did you really? Yeah, I was able to find a copy of it. How I thought in it was the world fantastic. Did you find it? Don't ask. It's so weird, isn't it? it but but really funny. Wacky. I really liked. it. Really wacky. Yeah, oh, I liked I it a that, lot. Rob. That's yeah, cool. thanks. So, okay, so you haven't seen anything, but you watched Mad Woman in Central and Park West. I watched also uh, on on you know every once in a while I'll go on Turner Classic Movies because I'm you know I'm guess that's where I am in life. And uh, <laughs> and also was a, a, a an American in Paris, which I did not see on Broadway, unfortunately. Oh. But man, that movie is is so good. It's gorgeous. I, obviously, it's like hello everybody. Of course, it is. But oh, but it's so dear beautiful. God, Gene Kelly, my goodness. I love Gene Kelly. Have you seen somebody? <laughs> this is so horrible. It's a Tumblr called Gene Kelly's butt, and it's just close ups of, of of his rear end. No, Rob, I've missed that one. I'm okay, afraid. well, you're obviously not a musical theater because <laughs> connoisseur like I am. There's Gene Kelly's oh, wow. butt, and over here is Fred Astaire's balls. Good old uh, Fred. The, that's an, they look so sophisticated. They come with top hat and tail. Have you seen um, Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, I have. Yeah, I saw recently, I got to see um, an off-Broadway musical called Attack of the Elvis Impersonators. I don't believe you. It's I swear to you, Attack of the Elvis Impersonators, uh, which was a lot of fun. It's Did really you get attacked? Fun. I was attacked mm-hmm. by an Elvis impersonator. Wow. Um, and actually, my... I hope this is a true statement. One of my friends, his father, is the only impersonator no, no. approved no. by Elvis Presley himself. No way. Yes. Of course. His name is have. Raymond Michael, and he is the only Elvis impersonator who has been approved or was approved by Elvis himself. Wow. Elvis liked him so much that he gave him a whole bunch of jumpsuits and was like, no. 
No. I can't do an Elvis impression, but I'm going to try. I really thought you might. try it. Hold on. Enjoy the jumpsuits, kid. No, that didn't Ooh, work. Uh, I do the Christmas song a lot. Let me hear it. He's going to burp. He's got it. Yeah. He's got it. Just choking on a choking on a rib, guys. He's fine. He's okay. He's a okay. I saw some of his musicals are pretty funny, though. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we have a Hawaiian album of his. That really? Yes. Oh. And the songs are so weird, and I love them. This was a really funny show. Hawaii, USA. Hawaii, Aloha. It's so weird. I wish you would sing more. (laughs) But this was a really funny premise. The premise was there was an international rock star who um, is like all into sex and drugs and violence. Wait, this is a movie that Elvis was in? No, 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 no. This is this is Attack of the Elvis impersonators. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, because if this was an Elvis movie, I'd be like, and Anne Margaret says. <laughs> exactly. They're on the beach. They're on yeah. They're on the beach, and okay. Anne Margaret shows up. My apologies. Oh. No, <laughs> no it's okay. I apologize to Anne Margaret. Um, and he decides that he wants to clean up the world, Aww. and he becomes Elvis. That's nice. Uh, he feels like he's possessed by the spirit of Elvis, and everyone sort of guts onto this old nostalgic Elvis craze. Wow. So it's Attack of the Elvis Impersonators. And you know what I got to see again? And I was I was very honored. One of these things that's so cool about doing this podcast is not only do you get to meet your heroes, sometimes right. you become friends with your heroes. Which like this like this morning I got to go to Charles Strauss's apartment and talk to Charles Strauss while he was showing me like songs. He was like, this is the original hymn for a Sunday evening from Bye Bye Birdie. And there I am holding the original. That's stupid, Rob. Sh- and I'm just and like, why didn't you call me and let me come uh, with you? Cause it's my That's time funny. with Charles. <laughs> my, my turn. turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. No, um, that really is special. And that is like, it's legendary. Uh, yeah. It really you just is. sit there and you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is my and life. The man is still pumping it out. Oh, you got to wake up in the, the morning and have something to do. He was sitting at the computer writing a script for a new show. See? And you're like, great. Awesome. You're literally 89 years old and that's what you're doing. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, which episode of Golden Girls is on? And I just call it a day. I just give up. I give up as soon as I wake up. That's how you got to live life, kids. You got to give up. What's that? You got to give up to get. Nope. You got to oh, just Blanche's give. dad is coming yeah. over again. Uh, that one. Oh, yep. Big Dad. You know which episode makes me cry like a baby? I don't watch the ones that make you cry like the one on the boardwalk with the old man that Sophia's oh. friends with. I hate that one. Oh, I I've, hate that episode. Oh, okay. So that one makes me cry. The one that also... I got, I got a couple that make me cry. I've got that one. I've got the episode where... Um, uh, uh, Sophia's son, Phil, dies, and oh. she didn't want to acknowledge the fact that no. he was a cross-dresser, and at the end, she cries. Yep. There's the one where Blanche, uh, her dad dies, and she goes, and she's like, I'm nobody's little girl anymore. Yep. That's a big one. Going to heaven when Sophia goes to heaven. Sophia Remember that one? Sophia goes to heaven. Stan. Oh, not Stan. Uh, she sees... Uh, her, Sid, no, oh, the, the actor's name was Sid Melton. What was the name of the father? Oh, her, I'm so embarrassed. Pop. This is horrible. The I can think of the actor's name, I feel like we have to cut this out so we we don't we don't embarrass ourselves. Sal, 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 of course. The actor's name was Sid Melton, and the uh, Sal. Um, And then the last one is this one always gets me. I don't know why. It's when Blanche finds out that her husband isn't dead, that he faked his own death, and he comes back. And he's like, I'm sorry, I had to fake my own death. And she's like, I don't know if she tells the girl, she goes, I don't know if I can trust him anymore. Mm-hmm. She's like, and I've always dreamed that he might come back to me. I always had this dream where he comes running into my arms and I and I give him a big hug and then I wake up and I'm holding my pillow. Aww. And they're like, oh, and at the end of the episode, 
she's like, yes, I'm going to be with you. And they run to an embrace and she wakes up <gasps> and she's holding her pillow. Oh, and no. played by the great George Grizzard, the great right. stage actor George Grizzard. <laughs> Those are my favorites. I like that, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's called this the Golden Girls. <laughs> Golden Girls episodes that make me cry. That's our. Fa- it's related to theater. George Grizzard was a Tony winning sure. actor. Sure, he's an actor, yeah. right? Doesn't that count? Yeah, they do songs on their they shows. Do songs, but Miami. No. Yep, Miami, Miami. You've got style. There it is. Blue sky, sunshine, white sand by the mile. Uh, I wonder who wrote that song. Uh, you know what I love so much is that when I was visiting my parents a couple weeks ago, my mom looked at me and she was like. I wonder who wrote that Miami song for the Golden Girls. I actually looked it up. It's a it, they were just TV songwriters. Oh, just, really? but they're they're TV songwriters. Not it's not like Barry Manilow or something like that. <laughs> it's it's there's like three of them and they wrote it. And you can find the Wikipedia page. I looked it. I actually looked it up for my mother. They originally hired Sondheim, but the atonal version. Was it was like little, Miami, <laughs> Miami, like that. Dorothy just couldn't hit those <laughs> those notes. That's my favorite. Did you ever see that Jerry Herman at the Hollywood Bowl? And Rob, Arthur, that's uh, one of my. If it, that's a future favorite it's a thing. Future favorite because thing. the conductor is Don Pippen. Yes, Howard, one of Lorna our first guests. is in that. Uh, 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 Karen Morrow was in that. I, um, Leroy Reams is in Leroy like practically Reams. all of our guests that we've ever had. <laughs> is in that Hollywood Bowl. Come on Bowl. in, come join I the party. I love that Hollywood Bowl. But Jerry do you remember Herman the part celebration? where where B. Arthur comes out and she's like, "I'm going to sing from uh, Mame." Originally, it was called Vera after my title character, but Jerry couldn't make it rhyme. Sondheim could make it rhyme. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> she went there. She went there. She oh, did. my gosh. Um, what was I saying? I'm all confused. Oh, you know, know what I was really proud of, though, really what? quickly? That you texted me when your mom couldn't figure out who played somebody in a TV show. And I was able to get it with under three seconds. I was you so proud of myself. Me on that. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I I forget who she was thinking of, but it was William. It, the answer was William Cat. She was and the wrong because she was hero. like, "Oh, this person was in this," and then and I said, "No, it's some '80s show." And then you were like, "Oh, it's William Cat," and you knew immediately because the greatest American hero has one of the greatest theme songs. How does it go, Rob? Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought that. I never believed that I could. Uh, flying away on a wing and a prayer who could it be believe it or not it's just me it's just Best used in the seinfeld episode where george records it as his outgoing message believe it or not george isn't at home so please leave a <laughs> message at the beep <laughs> where could i be oh, gosh the believe fact it or not george's not home and it's jason alexander just sitting on the sofa he doesn't like to pick up the phone because he's so proud of his outgoing message right he likes to just hear just it like let dance. it be bop yes <laughs> oh my gosh that's my favorite i thing. love that you have both memorized hold Rob. on now i'm going all the way back to my main point you asked oh, me what i saw and i was actually, talking about <laughs> we actually do connect things together heroes becoming our friends and jim brochu Jim Brochu, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the New York area, I want to encourage you to see this. Jim Brochu was I, maybe our seventh or eighth guest. Goodness, I think. You have he to look really at early about, a year, about 70 episodes ago. Jim is a very famous character actor in New York City, and he and he was mentored by, listen to these mentors. Are you ready? Zero Mostel, Davy Burns, Jack Guilford. I mean, the best of the best. This Truly. is incredible here. Oh, and Lucille Ball. Oh, uh, that's all. I, yeah, he spent every day of Lucille Ball's last years with her how, getting comedy lessons. How cool mm-hmm. is that? Anyway, Jim wrote a really interesting one-man show called Zero Hour, which is a one-man show about Zero Mostel, um, which has been around now since 2006. It's won 
tons of awards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's reviving it off Broadway, and I was so honored. Jim said, would you come do a talkback with me after the show? I mean, other people doing talkbacks. Hal Prince is doing a talkback in a couple like of weeks. You're ho- you Sheldon Harnick. The- yeah, I'm, I hosted. I hosted a talkback and Brilliant. spoke to Jim about his career in Zero Mostel. I w- but I was very honored. Oh it was, yeah, it was, Rob. It was really. I was. I felt and you had really to do welcome. some like. I mean, research. I mean, you had well, to like really know your Zero Mostel. I I had to know my Jim brochure. Well, it was actually true. funny because I said Jim. I said, "Why me? Out of all the people that could do it?" And he goes, "He goes, you know more about me than anybody else." And I was like, "I do indeed." Thank Thank you, Jim Brochu. <laughs> I love that man. So it's anyway, it's one of those I moments. That's him. what it goes back to. Well, good. You, uh, people, you should check that. Uh, check out his show. See him do. It. I want to go see. I have Zero not seen Hour him. Uh, Theater at St. Clements. Yeah. Um, and there's clips of it on YouTube if you want to see him. He looks nothing like Zero Mostel in real life, but he gets on that stage. He looks just he pulls like that him. hair forward and gets going. And yeah, and the I've attitude, the energy. Oh, yeah. oh my God. He's really fantastic. And in Zero it. was quite a character, wasn't he? Quite a character. And what I really <laughs> appreciate about this play is a lot of it focuses on the blacklist and Zero Mostel being blacklisted as a communist. And I find that that's something that I think is fading from our minds. Lest we forget. That is right. Because you know what? We're really close to... Well, I don't know. Cut that. No, no, But it could. I mean, you never know when that history repeats itself. Listen, I mean, this this goes... part two going on right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, this... We we were talking about this, which is the blacklisting can possibly... This is what I was going to say. An audience member came up to me afterwards and said to me, do you think that there's a new type of blacklist now, but it's uh, media based. So it's not the government coming. It's not the government coming forward saying you're doing something offensive. You should be penalized. It's us as a collective group. And he was, what he was using as an example on both sides of the political coin, you can have somebody like Ted Nugent, who's very conservative, or you could have somebody like Kathy Griffin, who's very liberal and she definitely got and like, both of them I know continuously or, right. you know, lose support and lose jobs and stuff. So are we, do have we created our own blacklist with people that we don't agree with politically? Right. Um, oh, and like we mentioned earlier on a previous podcast, you know, we record these things um, at various times. So sometimes we can't respond and react to things that are going In on in real time. And yeah. so one of the things that we haven't talked about yet that we should probably address at some point is Julius Caesar, at the public in the theater. park, you know Shakespeare in the park, which is for for our listeners who are unaware. If you're listening to this years from now, may, maybe this will have forgot faded from your memory. But they're doing Julius Caesar right now. Shakespeare in the park, free Shakespeare, funded by free, 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 free Shakespeare, free in the park. Shakespeare. They're doing Julius Caesar, which has been around for years. Shakespeare, four hundred years. <laughs> years. I I feel I, I I know where your sentiment lies on this, and I'm just they are, they I'm are, stating facts right they are, now. They are portraying Julius Caesar as a uh, he looks like it's, Donald Trump. It's not veiled. I mean, like it's, it's so not obvious. veiled. I mean, yeah. he his looks, wife is Slavic. I yeah. mean, like it's yeah. Um, and as you know, in Julius Caesar, I hope this isn't a spoiler alert. He's assassinated. Hey, two brute. Yeah, um, yes. And the community is in a, not the, not our theater community. But apparently, most of America, or America, or a majority of Americans, or some Americans, we don't. Not majority. Know. It depends. Not it, it depends. On, it depends on what news source you're watching, though. Not it depends majority. on what news source you're watching. Never was the majority. Um, is up in arms, saying that this is a play that's saying that we should assassinate Donald Trump, and therefore, bank. If I got this, if I understand this correctly, Bank of America and Delta were sponsoring. Bank of America said we are continuing to sponsor the public, but we are not sponsoring this particular production. And I believe Delta 
pulled out entirely right. and said and we're they not funded the one that was in the Midwest that had Obama as this exact same role. I'm not saying this that, is okay. you know, I'm just saying No, <laughs> like, no, no, but, it's li- like, but come but, on you guys. Listen, you can go back further than that. Any time this play is produced, they usually make or so, some people in productions make Julius Caesar look like whoever the current leader is. Right. I saw to, like, a production in the day. 2000s where the person spoke with a Texas drawl and looked like George W. Bush. Totally. It is it's just it, that's just into it. Uh, however, now people are not only protesting this production of Shakespeare in the Park, including a group of people that ran onto the stage a couple of nights ago Who during the allegedly assessment. may have been paid to do that. Oh, really? That's what I read. I'm today. in the wrong business then. That's what I read. Today. Um, but in places all over the country, they're saying that productions of Julius Caesar are being protested even when they're taking place in the time period in which they were written. Mm -hmm. So people are walking around wearing togas and stuff and they're still protesting it. Or uh, other plays by this new playwright, William Shakespeare. Boy, he sounds familiar. Well, he's a new playwright according to a lot of people. Good for Um, him. So what do you think of this? Do you think... I'm going to ask you two questions. Here's the first question. Do you think it's appropriate that the uh, the play has a character that looks like the current president of the United States in it. Is that appropriate or not appropriate? It is most certainly appropriate. It is most certainly acceptable. It is art. It does not matter. Kathy Griffin holding a head up of a severed president head, that's not okay to me. That's uh, that's pretty. That seems a bit in poor taste. Freedom of speech, sure. But when it's a play, when it's for the art, they've not changed... It's still Shakespeare's language. It's it's a concept, and they're not condoning. Their, and if anyone has read the play, you know what it really is about. I mean, the, 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 the fact that they draw parallels to that is absurd to me, but it's a dialogue. So that's what art is for. We're meant to... You know, there are sometimes you go to the theater and we just want to sit and forget our problems. There's sometimes you go to the theater and it stirs up a debate. Yeah, like let's let's talk about it. Are then. we afraid of debates in our country? I don't think we're afraid of it because it certainly seems to be happening all the time. Let me take a step back. Are we afraid of using art as a catalyst for debate? I think that, in my opinion, that art, especially in New York, is such a a, a money making uh, venture. So. Uh, usually we don't get to have that luxury. But in the ideal world, and fortunately the public is in a place where they financially can afford it if Bank of America pulls their support from their production of XYZ, I think, I don't know their numbers, but I think public's doing okay financially. So they're one of the few theater institutions, I think, in America that can do that and get away with it and still be standing up for the integrity of the art form. Uh, so I'm a fan of that. I, I, but I think most often or not, it's a commercial theater, so they can't they can't risk that. You can't you can't risk not making money on you know middle America coming to New York City to come see your show. No one's going to see Julius Caesar from. No, that's not true. But most people seeing Julius Caesar, I would guess, are of the New York area. Great. If that makes sense. Yes, uh, absolutely, that makes sense. And then, uh, do you think it's right that Bank of America and Delta pulled? Funding. Well, we we have one. We have Bank of America pulling funding for right. a particular show, right? And then we have Delta pulling funding for the entire theater company itself. And they and apparently their sentiments seemed that if they had known this is what the production was going to look like, they would have pulled it out much sooner. But apparently, Bullshit. it's all political to me. It's all. It, it's. I feel like there's so much that we don't know about when it comes to these sort of dealings. Um, and 
I I under I get why they have to do that. I wish they didn't, but in our society, in our capitalist society, that's just that's the price we pay. They can't lose their business because half their business comes from a certain demographic. What do you think? Um, my my feeling is is that if that's my <laughs> My feeling is, is if you if you if you're that ask ask questions. That's my that's my this is my feeling. I feel that it's it's their money. They can pull it if they want to, and then I can turn around and not use Delta, exactly, or go to a different bank than Bank right. of America. Right. I have. We all have our rights, but you can't take away the right of freedom of speech. Exactly. And this and if you know the play, what the play is clearly saying is. Violence solves nothing. Violence creates more problems than the problems you had previously. And so it's not saying to kill the leader. And solve all your problems. It doesn't solve all your problems. It actually creates more than before. Indeed. Finding peaceful ways of getting through the problem. Right. Of working on the problem. Uh, I am offended that so many people are protesting other productions of Shakespeare like, because what I'm offended by, it makes me go, what have you learned in school? This is not a contemporary playwright. This is a person who has been dead for 400 years. You, what, why are you protesting productions? I swear to you, Kevin productions of Midsummer Night's Dream. They're being protested because it says the name William Shakespeare on it. Well, that's a little scary, Rob. That's a, that's speaking of, you know, the red scare. So I am, I am terrified. So my, like I said, my feeling is it is, uh, uh, this country is based on free speech. The public can do whatever they so want, as can Kathy Griffin, as can Ted Nugent, as can whomever, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And the corporations that are sponsoring have every single right to say, yes, I'm going to support that. And no, I'm not going to support that. And I have every right to support them or not support them. Preach. That is that it, we are based on a model of free speech, but the fact that people are running around protesting productions of Midsummer Night's Dreams in towns because they know f- that's the same name as the person who did don't this have the full Julius information. Like, don't. Uh, However, in another information, a, a little bit of news for you, I found yeah. out that seven percent of Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. And I'm going to drop my microphone. And I kind of have a feeling after they protest, they all go to Denny's and have a chocolate milk. Thank you, sir, for that one. So that's that. But like I said, we feel it's important to talk about these things. We have to. We have to talk about them. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family 
no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Because my favorite thing today oh. sort of deals with the importance of theater and the importance of art, not just in our country, but as part of our humanity. Good transition. Thank you. I, I work hard on those transitions. <laughs> I, I really, really do. Okay. So what, what kind of item do you have today? My item today is a book. It's a book that um, I first purchased when I was started my first year of graduate school. It came out the first year that I was in graduate school. Aww. And it's sort of a book that I've based my artistic philosophy around. And we've never... The done- artist's way. Not... <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry. You're free. With, written by... Who did I say? It was it's te- been like, like six months since I've talked about it. Who wrote it, right? Is that how I said? Herve Villachez Tattoo wrote the forward from that, right? <laughs> yes. The plane. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, he saw, yeah. he saw well, me. He saw oh me. God, I did. I was character. like, I'm going to do it first. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, um, what? Uh, I'm so yes, curious. Bob. <laughs> um, the play is called The Artist's Way. It's a wonderful book <laughs> about the art this way. Uh, the art of swaying back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, Bath. I learned that on oh the set of Fantasy Island. I can't wait till we have him as our guest. With <laughs> <laughs> with the great Dabney Coleman and Lorna Laft. <laughs> now the book is uh, no, it's but it's 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 a book, and this book is a like I said, it had a really important influence on me just as I was beginning my artistic journey. Yeah, and I think it's a wonderful. I read it once a year. I always come back to it. Jeez, yeah. Um, the book is called "The Alchemy of Theater: The Divine Science." Essays in Theater and the Art of Collaboration. Oh my goodness, Rob. I've never even now, heard of this. I know it sounds so... It sounds textbook. De- it's not. It's a coffee table book. I'm pointing to it right there. That's it right there. I yeah. see it. Um, it's a coffee table book. Um, once again, it's edited by... Oh God, I hope I pronounce his name correctly because I really love his work. Edited by Robert from Playbill. Simonson? Viagas? Oh, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I'm Robert. I'm so sorry. I'm oh, mispronouncing geez, your last Robert. name. I yeah. apologize. I'm so sorry. But this this book is absolutely brilliant. What happens is um, he interviewed about twenty or so artists that are working in the theater on the art of collaboration. It really is about the art of collaboration, which is what we as theater artists do, which is we all get into a room together and we pitch ideas back and forth, and whoever idea is the best. That it's all about serving the story. It's about enlightening the audience or educating the audience or entertaining the audience. And whichever idea does that more effectively, that's the one that we're going to use. There are many businesses that are, quote unquote, in the real world that I feel are very territorial. Having been in academia for a very long time, I can tell you how territorial things can get. And what we do is, is it's the best idea wins. And so this book is divided into four sections. It's a very easy read because everyone's interview is maybe like two or three pages long. Um, one is called Pen to Paper. It's about the writers. One is called Captains. It's about the directors and choreographers and the producers. One is called Their Hour Upon the Stage and it interviews um, actors. And the last one is called Completion, where he talks to set designers and costume designers and uh, press people. And they all define what their job is and how they collaborate with other departments to make the job work. What a great book. And, um, you know, it came out in 2006, but unfortunately some of the people that 
were interviewed it we've lost since then but it was so it's so nice to read their recollections like wendy wasserstein edward albee cy coleman dick latessa um and then people that like cheetah rivera are interviewed and aronson flaherty are interviewed terrence mcnally um uh, jay binder uh, it's it's really a fantastic, fantastic examination of what we do as theater artists. And so, like I said, I think it's a really great book. It's called The Alchemy of Theater, The Divine Science, Essays in Theater and the Art of Collaboration, edited, uh, edited by Robert... Viagas, V-I-A-G-A-S. And like I said, he's one of the big guys over at Playbill, so you see his name all the time. It's really a fantastic book, and like I said, I come back to it once every year because it reminds us how important it is to keep ourselves open to other ideas and to keep ourselves consistently listening for what is going to best serve this story. It's so true, and and I think that is one of the most special things about our art form is the collaboration aspect, whether it be when we work together, when we get to do a show, and I'm music director, you're director, and we collaborate. I personally anecdote i remember i did a concert in cleveland um and with with bill rudman who has the on the aisle uh, he has a, a radio show that yes. comes out every week and ted chapin was the host and they did it was about rogers richard rogers songs after hammerstein died uh and but rogers was celebrating his he and him and him and hammerstein's relationship and it was a black and white clip uh and they he talked about uh, why they work so well together and he said well we have this and there's a german phrase i don't know it someone's going to know it that's listening right now but there's a german phrase for that basically means no you go first you you first <laughs> so whoever has an idea if you think you've got a good idea but your friend has an idea as well you say no 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 I want to hear your idea first, and then then it's my idea, and that that's part of collaboration. Um, and a little night music when we had our first meet and greet for the revival, uh, Sondheim was there, and we went around the room, and it's like, hi, I'm Kevin, I'm Mr. Erlinson, hi, I'm so and so, hi, I'm Steve, I wrote the the music and lyrics, and but before he could say anything else, he was like, but most importantly. Hugh Wheeler, who's not with us, because without him, I would never have been able to do this. Oh. And so, and I, and in, in that moment, I thought, oh my goodness, this is a man that Hugh Wheeler's gone. You could take all the credit in the world, but you, you without getting through halfway through one sentence, you said, no, I can't. I, I'm nothing without my collaborator. And so, I, I think that um, I think it's really cool that you have a book that celebrates that, and that you know, it's, it's proof that that is the most important thing in our business. It's really a fantastic book, and so I, I hope. Everybody picks up a copy because, like I said, it's it's a re, it's just a reminder of how wonderful it is when one when two people, three people, four people get into a room and go, "What's the best idea for this?" Because at the end of the day, it's really about the audience. Yeah, yeah, and I love seeing different writers that their voices change based on their collaboration. Yeah. You know, I firmly believe that Sondheim was the reason why Julie Stein was able to make Gypsy, for instance. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, I. Oh, but, absolutely! You know, I just think that that's that's really special. And so many professions are solitary. So many, so, so many dictatorships, really. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, you're on. I wonder your own. how the presidency's going. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good for him. You know, <laughs> let him be happy. Oh God! I wonder how much he collaborates. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it, exactly. Politics is also. Is that a collaborative art form? I think the ones that do really well oftentimes are collaborators in a positive True sense of the word. Story. Do you know what I mean, though? True story. You know way more about politics than I do, but I would I would venture to guess that when you have positive collaborations that you tend to get more done than being just like the dictator. 
Look at um, yes, I won't. I won't go into politics. Yes, but you're absolutely correct. <laughs> you want to though? <laughs> I, I want to so bad, but I'm not going to because I, I always thought this. Podcast, I always like when you do though. I do enjoy. I'm like I, I got to stop. I, I got. I got to <laughs> back away. I got to back away from oh, it. Um, good. Get out of the way, Clary. <laughs> That's a line from my sequel of Steel Magnolias that I'm working on. Now, what the, the German word that you had mentioned before? This is a would, phrase, and would, I'll come oh, up with it. But which is what we what we would know as being polite. Right. Is in in German is called being polite. <laughs> so Thank I think you. that's it. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I took German for a few yeah, years. That's good. The translation's good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm working on Mother Courage and Her Children, <laughs> which I'm calling Mother Courage and Her Children. I feel like I'm in cabaret right now. <laughs> I'm never one. And I'm and never scene. a dialect Woo. coach. Although I would love I'd love to play Herr Schultz at some point. But only if they let me sing Skite. If they cut that number, I'm not doing me, it. Skite. Me. Skite. They're, like, well, they're yeah. like, oh, we wrote it for Jack Guilford and nobody does it as good as Jack Guilford. <laughs> I'm like, great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Give me a chance. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, I have a YouTube clip. <gasps> so I have no way of transitioning from your amazing uh, book, which I really, I want to get that because I've never heard of that book. Uh, I, it's, a, it's one of my, it's my favorite no, Jack Cassidy's my favorite. One of my favorite male singers of an era uh, of the 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, oh, 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 John Cullum? No, 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 but good, but nice. If you look up Mariah and Richard Kylie. Kylie. K I L E Y. Richard Kylie has always been one of my all time favorites. Oh, There's something yeah. about his voice. He's obviously, you know him, friends as Don Quixote from Man of La Mancha. He was also in Redhead. He was also in Kismet for a while, <clears throat> but he left Kismet famously because he's like, this shit is too high for me. Take my hat. No, 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 thank you. Favorite song from Redhead Look Who's in Love. We are well, aren't we? Look who's half happy and high. No one in our uh, uh, in our arms. No one but us. Uh, who is tugging at your heart? Who is? You is. You were sublime. We were well, weren't we? Okay, great. So that's uh, that's a little bit of redhead for that you. That was really nice. Albert Haig would be very happy. T- Tony um, Award winning musical never been revived. It, uh, it, and everyone's forgotten him. And, and we'll yep. talk about him at another Sorry. point. Sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, Richard Kiley also, uh, he did that great, uh, I think great, uh, Learner and Low, I believe, Little Prince, if you remember that. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, did you say also, Impossible Dream? Uh, what? Did you say Impossible Dream? The song that I like yeah. him singing? No, this is Mariah. I want... No, 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 but oh. that Richard Kiley sang Impossible Dream. Well, yes. From Man of La Mancha. Yeah. Did you already say that? Yeah, I... Don Quixote Sorry. in La Mancha. Catch up, baby, you're behind. I'm, um, I'm he happy was the I vo- can remember the words <laughs> to Redhead. <laughs> you were too busy trying to figure out your Redhead song. He was also the voice of the narrator in the, in the ride in Jurassic Park for my younger people. Is he really? Uh-huh. And, and he was in No Strings, of course, with, with Diane Carroll. Um, but but he, if you, this is a concert. This clip that I want you to watch, friends, is a concert. It must be from like the 90s, maybe. Um, he's definitely probably 70 or so in this concert he, it's him and a male chorus um they call the win mariah uh, what here's what i like about it it's good old fashion s- great singing and and acting but he doesn't overperform it he keeps it simple um he, you, 
the, the in fact you find more overacting in the male ensemble next to him <laughs> than their tuxedos. Just enjoy that you got you just let your let your eye stray a little bit to the ensemble and look at how those men are just like Mariah! they're going for it. But Richard is um he he, he, enca- he encapsulates everything I love about a, a strong male singer, mm. and he's it's not overdone. He just stands and sings the song, and it, it's it's well it's well done. Um, and I I don't know. It makes me feel all the feels. I yeah. never I can never stop watching it. I've watched the clip over and over and over again. And I first of all, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I love Mar- I love first of all I love Paint Your Wagon. I it's one of my all time favorite scores. The movie you ever seen the movie? I have seen the movie. The movie is wackadoo. Like let's get no no one who can sing in the movie. No, to it's sing this so amazing weird. score. It's so weird. Yeah. No, I like the the original cast. James Barton. It's it's a really. I think the score is solid. Have you listened to the new encores cast recording? I have. That came it's out? on Spotify. Actually, I haven't yeah. heard it. I, it's I hear lovely. it's good. Yeah. What What's great about that is that you get to hear the full orchestrations, but you get to mm. hear more incidental music, mm. more of. Trudy Rittman's music. Your girl. My lady Trudy. I love you, Trudy. I love you upstairs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Trudy's like, Kevin, stop. Shut up. I don't want the attention. Uh, you guys, Trudy Rittman was the one who did all the dance and incidental music. And every time I meet someone from that era, like Ted Chapin or whatever, I'm always like, Trudy, tell me about Trudy. You get very excited. No one really cares either, but I Another do. woman that did amazing stuff that nobody gives her credit for. Exactly. Which... Hence me always bringing her up, but um, yeah, this they call them in Win Mariah. I I I just I love it and I love Richard Kylie and I think it's worth a listen. So check it out. Okay, great. So we have Richard Kylie. Uh huh. They call the Win Mariah and the Alchemy of Theater, a fantastic book. Take a listen. Oh, take a listen. Take a look. Yeah, it's in a book. Our own reading reading rainbow. rainbow. That was cut from Redhead. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things Kevin, guess what? What, Rob? We now have over 50 iTunes reviews Huzzah! Huzzah, indeed! We are climbing those iTunes rating charts That's amazing How do we climb... Even higher. Can you take me <laughs> high enough? Little Rock of Ages for you. Do you know I like that you took it up so high, too? <laughs> you didn't even, you like went right to the tenor place. I was going to do climb. No Robert Goulet. <laughs> like. No. Can you take me <laughs> high enough? Thanks for coming out tonight. Ooh, <laughs> and my falsetto there. <laughs> Thank you. And a little Sergio Frankie? Yeah, a little Sergio. It's never over. <laughs> Much like the 24-hour buffet down in the lobby of the Dunes Casino. Me and Sid the Caesar. Two nights only at the Mirage. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, lovely listeners, this is where you come in. This is how we're going to climb those iTunes rating charts. That's right. Lovely listeners, if you love us, would you go to iTunes? Click on the iTunes store. Search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Then click on Ratings and Reviews. Under the Customer Reviews, click Write a Review. Then let us know what you think from one to five stars. That's right. And you can leave comments, too, like, Kevin Thomas is a god. Or, Rob, who the hell is Hervé Villachez? Who, 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 who is Hervé 
Via, uh, via you Oh my god! I fell for it again. You fell for that it. wasn't even the, the man script. Has never done <laughs> one musical in his entire life, and he gets mentioned more than Steven. Right, Sondheim. but I love him from James the Bond. Okay, anyway, oh, yes. guys, help us out, please. please. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.